Bailey, I don't even know how to prepare you for what I'm about to tell you. Oh my god, is this an interactive intro? I love it when you do this. No, shut up. But I'd say this disaster has a little something for everyone. We've got snakes, we've got centipedes, we've got politics, and we've got one really angry volcano. Have I piqued your interest? Yeah, but you were kind of mean about it. Okay, well, get over it. (laughs) Uh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, it's a disaster. I'm so intrigued. Uh, just wait, it gets worse. We are just the masters of disasters, aren't we? Calamity Janes. Welcome to Calamity Janes. I'm Madison. And I'm Bailey. And this is our weekly disaster podcast where we talk about all things catastrophic, disastrous. Nicely done. Nicely done. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, that's our story. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. Our story begins in April of 1902 on the beautiful island of Martinique. Where is that? Martinique is, that is located in the <laughs> Lesser and Wait, what did you say? I said, where is that? Is that in the Bahamas? Oh but, I, but your face was like, ah, how did I know you'd ask? <laughs> That's exactly right. Martinique mm. is located in the Lesser Antilles of the West Indies in the Eastern Caribbean Sea. Oh, okay. Picture white sands, blue clue. Oh. Blues, okay. clues. <laughs> Blues clues. Blues clues. <laughs> Where's my notepad? Okay. Picture white sands, clear blue water, basically paradise. Oh, please take me there now. I want to go with you. Oh, let's all go. Um, like many of our world's beautiful islands, though, Martinique is also home to several volcanoes, namely Mont Pelé. Uh, like Mont, uh, Mount Pele, but it's French, so Mont. I didn't know there were volcanoes down there. Is that a well-known fact? Fun fact, I think most islands are... Sorry, that's a dumb thing to say. I think many islands are volcanic islands. I just don't think of the Caribbean. Caribbean. Pick pick whatever one you want. <laughs> um, as, ha- as being volcanic. <clears throat> it sure is. Huh. Yeah. I have been down there so much and not not known to be afraid of a volcanic eruption. I think it's in the Ring of Fire. Let me. I thought that was the thing in the Pacific that goes from like Russia to Alaska and then down to the Pacific. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I was looking at the no. map backwards. I was, I was looking say, at it backwards. This is definitely Cut it all. Pacific. Cut it all. Abort. Abort. I take okay. it back. I take it back. Okay. Like, this is pretty firmly... Um, but I was wrong. Hawaii is not in the ring of fire. <laughs> no, Hawaii, Hawaii is isn't. like in the middle of it all. Oh god. Okay. Cut. Cut the whole thing. Cut the whole <laughs> shebang. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> what did I say? I didn't know the Caribbean was volcanic. Yes, there are some volcanoes involved. We'll Thanks. just leave it at that. <laughs> Thank you. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, namely Mont Pele. Uh, have you ever heard of that particular um, volcano? I'm going to assume no, because you're just learning about. <laughs> I mean, I get it's I, when you hear once you hear about one volcano, you hear about them all. You know what I mean? Like they all they're all Mount something or other. They they're not really tall. They just explode. I think you've deeply offended every volcanologist. Volcano. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. Not you've also volcano. deeply offended every volcano listening to this okay. podcast. OK, well, so you're sorry. about to hear all about it. Are you ready? Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Beginning on April 23rd of 1902, Montpellier began to do what active volcanoes like to do. It started to spew large rocks and ash in a series of phreatic eruptions down onto the picturesque town of Saint-Pierre, also known as the Paris of the West Indies, located near its base. What is a phreatic eruption, you might ask? Oh, no, I was about to... (laughs) I, I mean, I think I know what it is. It's a bunch of earth burps and farts just spewing out everywhere. Rude. Yes. Incredibly rude. What were you about to ask? No, I, that's, well, that's what you just... I was going to add. I didn't have a question. Oh. I, I just explained what phreatic. Phreatic what a, eruptions. I thought you mispronounced erratic. And so I wasn't going to say anything. That's why I didn't have a question about it. Oh, my God. This this podcast is a disaster. This recording is just all It's a little over bit of a hot mess, but we're going to push through. Okay. Oh, boy. Phreatic eruptions occur when magma heats groundwater or surface water, resulting in steam explosions. Oh. So are we talking like ocean water or is there just like a lot of... Groundwater or surface water. I mean, I guess it could be ocean water, depending on where it's... Okay. Uh, Situated. Because the temperature of the magma can be anywhere between 500 to 1,170 degrees Celsius, uh, and because we are dealing with a uh, French territory, I will be primarily not using American uh, metrics. Hmm. That's 930 to 2,100 degrees Fahrenheit. Is that the only bit of bit of non-metric I get? I appreciate it. I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. <laughs> no, I have it everywhere. Oh, thank you. Okay, so because it's so dang hot, water is instantaneously vaporized, resulting in an explosion that can easily rocket large rocks long distances. For reference, Mount St. Helens offered up plenty of these little eruptions before it uh, flipped its lid in 1980. Oh, interesting. So this is like a warning shot kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. Okay. That is an excellent way to think about it. Uh, This was the most action the island had seen since it was settled, in quotes, Mm. settled by Europeans. Mm. We can consider this warning number one. Excellent foreshadowing, Bailey. Yes. Warning number two. Oh, God, this is great. I mean, it's awful, but it's great. Uh, warning number two came when St. Pierre and the surrounding communities were invaded by thousands and thousands of ground-dwelling insects like foot-long centipedes and venomous snakes like pit vipers that previously inhabited the summit and slopes of Montpellier and were driven out by the eruptions. Ew, ew, ew. Yeah, an estimated 50 people and 200 animals fell victim to the venomous snakes that now roamed freely within the town. Uh, Those, yeah, those centipedes were, again, a foot long. And don't those bite? I think they can. I saw that they would crawl up the legs of all the animals and it would make them scream and it was awful. The animals scream? Yes, yeah. Oh my god, that's even more petrified. To think of an animal I know. Something's got to really be wrong. Um, also, not fair. You have hundreds of legs and you bite? Yeah. That is too much. Exactly. Someone has endowed you with way too much scary power, and you're abusing it, frankly. Mm-hmm. And uh, thousands of pit vipers? That doesn't... Oh, oh man. Uh, yeah. Also, there was an overwhelming smell of sulfur within the town from the constant release of gas from the volcano, so I think we yeah, can... Yeah, it's s- earth parts. Yeah, I, exactly. 
so yeah any thoughts on that nightmare um it, on thoughts on living inside a giant toilet no <laughs> it sounds pretty hellish <laughs> yeah with pit vipers and footlong centipedes um it, it sounds like hell on earth it basically is uh those lovely little eruptions stopped for a few days until early may when eruptions started back up again this time there was thunder lightning and ash that caused total darkness fun like nap time mm-hmm some residents that lived closer to the volcano fled to St. Pierre, which was one of the larger settlements in the area at that time. It was located about 10 kilometers, or 6.2 miles, south of the summit. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, St. Pierre was first cloaked in ash on May 3rd. So we have lots of little eruptions that are now leading up to this. Mm-hmm. That, that's okay. Yep. Two days later, disaster struck. Mont Pelé was a crater lake filled with water prior to this particular activity. So that's uh, where the water's coming from. Yes. Okay. That's I that that's what I was asking. That that much was unclear. I see. Okay. Are you okay now? I am so much better now. Okay. Yes. As I'm the visualize it, I need you to paint me paint me a vivid picture of words. Well, I feel like you're gonna understand a little bit more in a second. Okay. As the water began to heat up and boil, along with those phreatic eruptions, the edges of the lake began to weaken and they eventually collapsed. When on oh. May 5th, a torrent of water was released into the local river system. Inundated with rock, ash, and other debris, the river swelled to four or five times its normal size and caused a massive mud flow, also called a lahar. You weren't kidding. This is really just bad thing after bad thing. Mm-hmm. A flood. Do Are you going to tell me, is there an estimate of how much water they think this thing held? Uh, No, there is not. But I imagine oh. it was a lot. I mean, a lake. Sounds like it's a lot. Several thousand cubic tons of mud. So, I mean, I guess that gives you a little bit of an idea, but that's also combined with a lot of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Several thousand cubic tons of mud roared down the side of the volcano at 100 kilometers per hour in an instant, consumed an entire sugar refinery and its 25 employees. In total, 150 people were buried beneath the flow as it swept through the town. As the wall of mud encountered the sea, it triggered three tsunamis that rushed along the coast and caused widespread damage. Three tsunamis? hmm So where did those tsunamis go? They kind of skirted along the coast. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much damage was done by those tsunamis. Or I think it wiped out a lot of the villages that were along the coast. Um or so this wasn't like getting sent across the ocean somewhere else. No, this, no, 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 no. I don't think I knew tsunamis could do that. Like an island could cause its own tsunami. Well, I think. Oh my gosh, there's so much speculation that I'm just about to throw out here. I I think do su- it speculate. <laughs> tsunami, not in like the earthquake sort of like fault shifting displacement of water sort of well this is a displacement but mm-hmm. not from faults shifting and lifting and all of that and gotcha yeah this is so much debris being shoved into an area of water that it displaces it and it comes back in i see i see okay okay does that it does yeah and okay. especially if you like visualize it no idea if this is right someone email us and tells me it's wrong um like a big thing kind of going into and fanning out in the water like the mm-hmm. water it displaces to the sides that the whole shoreline like a big old wave 
then racing down the shoreline and just destroying everything in its path. Yeah, exactly. Because also, this isn't just, this island is not just like, you know, a rectangle or something. It's not a straight line. There are lots of curves. And actually, if you look at pictures of St. Pierre, it's a big kind of like crescent shape um, along the coast. So you could easily see why something coming into the water, it would come back. Gotcha. Okay. Now, at this point, you may be thinking, who the heck is in charge of this place? Why aren't they doing anything? Enter. Um, not really. What oh. are they going to do? Uh, <laughs> Wag well, their finger at the volcano? Nay, nay. Okay, well, now you're just throwing off my flow. Just so to sorry. throw it off. I so mean, uh, I'm just going to ignore you because it doesn't fit my narrative. Okay. Enter. Good strategy. <laughs> Enter Governor Louis Moutet. Although I'm sure that's not exactly how you pronounce it. I really tried, but I, this is not not my strong suit. I'm you, not faulting you. Okay. French is my weakest accent, I'm, and I'm not doing it if you ask me to, so. Uh, I just I have a friend who speaks French who listens to this podcast, and I know well, she's... Well, no, I'm definitely not. I mean, go for it if you, if you want to try. Ariel, I'm so no, sorry. No. Please don't judge me for how I pronounce all of these things. I'm trying. Okay. In the midst of all this horrific excitement... Martinique was undergoing general elections. Although socialists were set to take control from right-wing politicians, Saint-Pierre was a hub of conservative votes. So the governor, in an effort to keep his right-wing buddies at his table, put off any evacuations or reasonable actions until polling on May 11th. He didn't want people leaving that would screw up his vote. He, oh, yeah. I see. Okay. He wanted everyone to stay in St. Pierre because they had so many conservative votes. So uh, what I'm seeing or what I am anticipating happening, you're telling me rather than keeping people safe, he was like, give me your vote and then we can flee. And yes, that's exactly right. Uh, mm. I It made me think of the mayor from Jaws. you've I mean I I have but it's one of those where I'm like I wasn't really paying attention do you need me to explain it to you there was a man eating shark in the town and he it was Memorial Day or Labor Day or like 4th of July there was some big beach going holiday and he didn't want to raise the alarm about there being a man eating shark in the water because it was going to be bad for business in the town and so he people died bailey because he needed votes he he didn't want his town to get this bad reputation and they i guess apparently back in what was that the 70s when jaws came out he didn't want uh apparently if there were man-eating sharks in the water the person to be blamed was the mayor so I don't know. I'm doing- and that is Madison's movie <laughs> podcast segment. I love Jaws. It's my favorite <laughs> summer movie, and I'm not doing it justice. <laughs> Bailey, I'm so tired, and I'm so warm. It's so hot up here. I'm trying so hard to keep my cool, and I'm just you're doing so itchy. Such a good, you're doing such a good job. Yeah, Madison's whole body is broken out, and we don't know what. But. <laughs> I'm just so itchy. Okay. On the day of the sugar refinery disaster... Governor, um, to avoid butchering his last name again, I'm just going to call him Governor Louie or Governor Buttface when it's uh, <laughs> beneficial for me. Uh, Governor Buttface received a report from a committee of civic leaders who visited the volcano and said everything was hunky-dory. 
I saw somewhere that the only scientist in that group was a high school science teacher. So do with that what you will. Which, I mean, we need you. We need yes. you all science teachers. 1,000%. However, no. you've got a lot to focus on teaching high school um, or teaching period. Um, you don't need to be the town scientist. No, no, definitely not. Especially Seismologist, then- volcanologist, all of the above. And by the way, please give my kid an A in your class yeah. because he doesn't want to learn. Exactly. Also, you would think that a committee would imply like more than one expert in the field. Uh that was not the case. Uh, yeah. So the governor obviously endorsed that report because the only rich people, uh, or sorry, the only people rich enough to flee the island were nearly all in his party, and he obviously needed them. So he <laughs> convinced the newspaper to run an editorial mocking those who chose to leave and reassuring the public that everything was totally cool. What a weird manipulation of the press. Yeah. Making fun of people. Well, I mean, eh, yeah. <laughs> it's possible. <clears throat> yeah. He even set up guards to patrol the road to Fort de France uh, to force those who made the intelligent and brave decision to leave for their safety. He's a real stand-up guy. Wow. Um, please tell me he justice comes to him in the end oh it so does oh good on the morning of thursday may 8th governor buttface was on his way up the volcano with several people to show everyone that it was totally safe and everyone down there in saint pierre was a bunch of sissies well (laughs) this man has problems (laughs) he he does he has so many problems but something tells me you're editorializing he's not actually you're a bunch of sissies i'm governor buttface i think that's exactly what he was saying as he rode up the volcano in his little buggy and (laughs) he just went (laughs) the whole time Okay, exactly how I want to imagine him. Keep going. <laughs> uh, well, things, in fact, were not totally safe, and I'm willing to bet Governor Greedy was likely one of the first fatalities when Montpellier blew its freaking lid. At 7.52 a.m., uh, Montpellier decided it was done with warnings and unleashed hell on St. Pierre. People who think they can control or know better than nature, just just don't try. Don't try. History will tell you time and time again. Nature wins. Always. Don't get into a fight with a volcano. Don't bring a horse and buggy to a volcano fight, okay? <laughs> like, it's you're going to lose. Yes. Now, what that useless scientific report among many other things failed to take into account was that there was a large v-shaped notch cut through cliffs surrounding the crater of mont Pelee. that notch was essentially a funnel for the volcano's pyroclastic flow that emptied right into saint pierre hot magma no that's not that's not what that is but um that is in volcanoes and um, yes let me tell you about a movie called austin powers (laughs) Here's my synopsis. <laughs> okay. Now's a good time to say, as a reminder, a pyroclastic <laughs> flow is a fast-moving current of hot gas and volcanic matter that flows along the ground away from a volcano, and it is nothing to play around with. There is no magma in a pyroclastic flow, but there is superheated gas. Magma. <laughs> 
Okay, fine. Done. Fine. Buddy, daddy, rain on my parade. Go. Oh, that was good. Okay. One large mushroom cloud rocketed above Mont Pelee while another dense black superheated cloud thundered down the side of the volcano at 160 kilometers per hour. That's 99 miles per hour for those in the U.S. Too fast. Too fast for my human mind to comprehend something nature, natural, traveling that fast. Yes. Skies within 80 kilometers, or 50 miles, were blackened as the massive glowing cloud reached 1,000 degrees Celsius. That's 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. The cloud? Yes. Oh. It ignited everything within its grasp. Instantly. Just poof. The sky was on fire. Yes. The sky was on fire. The sky, the air was on fire, and it was running at you. (sighs) Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, of oh god okay this is really bad uh of saint pierre's 30,000 residents it initially had about 28,000 but because people in surrounding communities who are a little closer to the volcano were fleeing and trying to get someplace safer about 2,000 extra people came into the city <clears throat> so of saint pierre's 30,000 residents legend has it that only two survived two two what did they do how what what how one was uh, an inmate, actually, who apparently had escaped several days before this happened, but he didn't really like life on the road, uh, on the lamb, and so he turned himself back in, so he had shelter, and he survived, buried for several days underneath the remains of the jail. And another one, oh. uh, I heard someone say that it was a shoemaker but I couldn't, I think he was on like the outskirts of town and that's why just right place at the right time. Um, I mean, both of them right place, but get buried in a jail. How did anyone even find him? Yeah, I know. Right. Once you see that everyone's obliterated, aren't you like, well, like, yeah, I think people were very, uh, I think people were shocked by what happened in surrounding communities. Um, because there were other small villages and communities in the area that were also decimated, but also had some survivors. So I think they were all exploring, trying to figure out what they could do, too. Mm-hmm. So two is probably a little conservative. But from what I read, there were very, very few survivors. And many of those that did survive initially died really quickly after from their wounds. Just the I, most severe yeah. burns that you could imagine. Yep. Can imagine <clears throat> that. The U.S. was quick to offer aid, as was Canada, the U.K., Germany, France, which I would freaking hope so, uh, Italy, Denmark, Japan, Russia, and the Vatican. Wow. That is... Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot. Uh, I couldn't find too many details about the relief effort, but I do know that the U.S. sent at least $200,000, which in 1902 I think was more substantial, uh, in immediate assistance, and neighboring towns on Martinique were instantly there to help survivors or people in the vicinity who lost property or loved ones. I don't know why that amount of support is surprising to me. For some reason, I thought, like, I knew it was, like, very, very early 1900s. And I just thought, oh, well, pe- no, people don't band together like that then. Nope, doesn't happen. They certainly tried. I mean, good for them. Yes. On May 20th, Montpellier did it again. And what? obliterated what was left of St. Pierre while killing 2,000 rescuers, engineers, and mariners bringing supplies to Martinique. Oh, no. I did. I did. I didn't see that coming. I didn't. No. Yeah. Another explosion on August 30th. uh, 
Another explosion on August 30th was less severe, but extended further and killed 800 more. Okay, at this point, relief just needs to be getting people out. Abandon the island. Don't, we don't, you can't save anything. You can't salvage it. Just get people off. That's what people need to focus on helping with. Yes, I completely agree with you. Toxic island. Yes. Abandoned Martinique. Yeah. Lost cause. At least that part of it. That, that half of Martinique needs to be done. Whole thing. Scrap it. It's clearly that island is not done building itself yet. That volcano needs some time to cook a little bit longer. We'll come back in a few hundred years. Yep. That was thankfully the last fatal eruption on Montpellier. Until. Yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't happen again. But I, no one called it dormant. So I have to assume it's just gearing up. Aren't they all always just gearing up? Yes. Looking at you, Yellowstone. Okay. Just quick sidebar. I think it would be, I'm pushing Madison to do a what if style episode for where once instead of talking about disasters of the past, she talks about how bad disasters of the future could be specifically if Yellowstone Yellowstone blew up. Yes. I am not against that idea at all. I just don't know how much like, I I don't know how much people like speculation, but. We won't know until we try. Okay. Well, if you would be interested in hearing a future disaster or a potential disaster, please let us know. It'll encourage me to do it faster. Reach out. Email. You've been finding us on social me on social media. Well, Madison, you I have do. an Instagram and if you request to follow me and DM me and tell me that you're <laughs> you're a best friend, which is apparently what we're calling ourselves. <laughs> if you're hey, best friends. If you're a best friend of the podcast, let me know. You can follow me. I never post. It's fine. She there's, doesn't. No, truly. there's it's really only no calamity, use. James. Yeah, <laughs> just just subscribe to us on YouTube or follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay. Anyways, <clears throat> in October of 1902, same year as those three eruptions, a volcanic spine or a lava dome began to grow from the crater floor, ultimately reaching twice the height of the Washington Monument and about the same volume as the Great Pyramid. Yeah. It's big. That's a lot. It's a big big. boy. Mm -hmm. That's big, big. It grew up... There are pictures of this, actually. Um, It looks just like a giant column. Like... Oh. Just... Yeah. I feel like dome isn't the most appropriate word, but I think that's like... A lava dome is is technically what it is. But there are pictures of this that you can see. And it's just a big old earth column. Yeah. Hmm. It would sometimes grow 50 feet in a day. 50 feet. 50 feet in a day. Get out of here. Literally, everyone, get out. Thankfully, that horrifying mess collapsed into a big old pile of rubble in March of 1903, and any activity completely ceased in October of 1905. How soon did people go back? Or were they, like, actively going back after? They were like, oh, it won't happen a third time. I think people, well, because there were people who'd, like, always been here. Mm-hmm. And so I think they, this was home to them, or the island was at least. And so I don't, I don't think everyone was trying to leave Martinique entirely. I think they were trying to leave the area. I totally get that. But if something is spitting fire and hot air, hot, hot air, and not magma, but pyroclastic flow at me, I'm out of there. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, Well, as for St. Pierre, economic life took about 15 years to return, but it has never reached its former population. I think it's about 5,000 people now. Really? That's lower than I thought it would be. Mm -hmm. If you look at pictures of it, it looks really beautiful. Um, I mean, it's much more developed now. Um, 
I it it looks wonderful, but I don't because it was so early. I don't know exactly what it looked like before, and you know. Oh wow! Yeah, it's very picturesque. Mm-hmm. It's very picturesque. Some villages have been built in the area, and I'm sure it's still absolutely breathtaking when it's not being overrun by snakes, centipedes, and superheated clouds of ash and rock. I'm looking at a picture now. I'm assuming the giant mountain in the background of all these pictures is the volcano. And now I understand why these critters were running down from it. Because it's like lush and green. Mm -hmm. I was imagining something craggy and rocky and like uninhabitable. So this makes sense as to why there would be lots of wildlife running down it. Because it looks, it's insidious. It's an evil mountain. It's trying to make you think. Or it's it's an evil volcano. Trying to make you think it's a mountain. But it's not. It's not. Don't fall for its trickery. Volcano trickery. Out of here with that. Thank goodness we have arrived at the positive part. The study of this eruption is regarded as the beginning of modern volcanology. Namely, this prompted the definition and analysis of the most dangerous part of an eruption, the pyroclastic flow. There is now a volcano observation station to monitor Montpellier, and with no greedy governors to get in their way, residents now have much safer plans and procedures should the situation arise again. I mean, there's like never been another greedy governor. That seems like a real stroke of luck. Luckier than even the volcano not going off is no greedy governors. Yeah. Apparently, I I also read somewhere that this eruption was what convinced they were debating on whether to build uh, what is now the Panama Canal in Panama or Nicaragua. And because Nicaragua also apparently has volcanic activity, this convinced them to build it in Panama. Interesting. Um, back to the critters. Sure. Are they all gone? Did they get decimated? Or were they like, should people have followed them? Because they were like, no, no, y'all. We got to keep running. We got You got to keep going. We well, aren't staying here. It sounds like they kind of went to chill in St. Pierre. I think every everyone in St. Pierre was gone. Well, everything in St. Pierre was gone. Uh, but uh, the island is much larger than was affected by this volcano or was affected by the pyroclastic flow of this volcano i'm just wondering if it's now an island that doesn't have footlong centipedes and not from what i saw i'm willing to bet that there were still others on the island oh shoot i know i mean i'm sure they're fine i'm sure they needed the ecosystem i know i know i know but ew i don't know i think there are probably some bugs that are not needed for the ecosystem i would love to know what purpose ticks serve oh yeah ticks mosquitoes i recently heard mosquitoes like help pollinate plants but that i don't believe bring bring back the bees i'll take bees over mosquitoes what's a cockroach's purpose to outlive humans (laughs) we destroy ourselves they are actually our next evolutionary stage oh my gosh yeah no thank you uh yeah and that is the story of the 1902 saint pierre eruption and snake invasion slash snake (laughs) invasion well as all the history textbooks refer to it i saw this i got i was really trying to find something interesting to do this week something a little bit different and i found this in a listicle and it was like the saint pierre snake invasion i was like okay that's interesting that sounds pretty disastrous and then it was much more about the volcano but i really thought snake invasion would be grabby so well and when you think about it i mean every I would imagine that every natural disaster has um, th- warning signs like that where nature 
heeds the warnings way faster than humans do. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure every natural disaster, or I'm sure man-made disaster, has eerie animal details like that, where it's like, we knew something, like a canary in a coal mine, we knew something was wrong when all of the rabbits jumped into the water and swam away. Rabbits don't even swim. (laughs) That, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you always see animals, dogs and cats always seek shelter before humans do when it comes to tornadoes and earthquakes. And and now we know that if uh, Earth's magnetic poles were displaced, dogs wouldn't know where to poop. So I've been watching <laughs> Dallas poop carefully ever since you told me about this a week ago, and he does not line up with the magnetic field. I mean, hey, this is not my theory. This is science. And if your dog doesn't listen to science, then that's a conversation that you need to have with him. Okay. Is he vaccinated? <laughs> yes, regularly. <laughs> Although he does need his puppy flu booster, but... Aww. Uh, Dallas is Bailey's very long, very adorable mutt. Yes, I live in Dallas with a dog named Dallas. No, we did not name him that, and we did not adopt him in the city of Dallas. We're not like Dallas nuts. I mean, we love our dog, but, you know. You're a Dallas. I'm not not explaining myself anymore. (laughs) I don't have to explain myself. He's very cute. Uh, He's adorable. Yeah. So that's what I got for you. Wow, Moo, this was a twist. I will say, you, your storytelling once again has, I mean just highlighted all the weird quirky details and really just came out of left field with that second eruption i tell you what i know i love that it really took you by surprise so much oh just needless death and destruction you know how that does it for me yeah you're a psycho but yeah Mm -hmm. you made me this way it was having you as an older sister it was dark Uh, that can't be possible because i'm not messed up uh says who says me i am objectively evaluating my own state you tried to kill me several times when we were on accident oh my god god it's an accident every single time okay thank you madison this has been a wonderful episode thank you all best friends for listening to this episode As usual, uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. We love to have you here. Please subscribe uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, what else am I missing, Moo? I think that's about it. I would like uh, to request help from the best friends. Uh, I think it, Apple has been not awesome for us with our uh, like the Connect page on our end. But also, I'm not sure if it's allowing people to rate or review us because it's not loading. It shows when we log on to look at our metrics that we don't have any episodes so if you have encountered any difficulty interacting with our podcast in any way on apple could you let me know is it my problem is it on my computer what's going on madison's losing sleep over this i've gotten many texts from her and i'm like huh what what are you talking guys i love the podcast i love doing the podcast i just i also love feedback about the podcast and apple is standing in the way of that (laughs) You heard the lady. Just humor her, please. (laughs) Come on, it's my birthday tomorrow. It is her birthday tomorrow, and she has a body head-to-toe hive, so please, (laughs) please throw her a bone. (laughs) Now do the the Austin Powers throw me a bone. Throw me a freaking bone here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. Yes, that's your birthday present. That's what I wanted. There, you are welcome. Okay. Okay, take us out, We gotta go. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see ya. Nope, won't see ya. We'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.